Shared memories are kind of what role-playing is all about, if you ask me. You and your friends don't just remember sitting around a table eating junk food, as D&D creates a shared memory of your characters actually experiencing surviving those incredible odds that you'll tell stories about for years and years to come. It's not always easy to get people past the tabletop snacks and dice, though. For some people, getting them to live in that imaginary world can take a little extra push, understandably so. This is where props come into the mix bringing a little bit of that fantasy to life and making a physical thing they can see and touch can do wonders for bringing your players together for absolutely memorable adventures. Frankly, we at Skullsplitter just really like how Deborah Ann Wall uses props in her show, Relics and Rarities, and wanted to help Dungeon Masters do the same in their own adventures. As someone who does this kind of thing in his own sessions, like a lot, I am truly excited to get into today's episode as well as show off some of my own props from sessions past. So. Let's get into it. This may seem like a no-brainer, but props take extra work and aren't meant for every single adventure. Pickup games and first sessions where you're still trying to get everybody settled are not exactly the best place to invest a lot of time and effort into a prop. Generally, if you're ever in a position where you're choosing to make a prop instead of preparing for a session, Prepare for your session instead and just forget the prop. To me, it seems that props find their best home in long-running monthly campaigns, where there's a reasonable certainty that your group will meet for a session and there's enough time in between games for getting props all set up and ready to go. You'll see some absolutely incredible and elaborate props used by professional streamers, but for now, we'll focus on some simple stuff that won't take too long or break your budget. An item card is exactly what it sounds like, a little square piece of paper or cardstock that has details of a magical item printed on it. If you have a printer, this can be a lot easier and super cheap, and can also allow you to put some extra detail into it. Or if you're just really good at drawing and have the patience for that sort of thing, go ahead at it. When you know there's at least a good chance that your players are going to find or be given a shiny new item, an item card can feel much more like actually getting that item. I've noticed that they add an opening and present feeling that can make it incredibly memorable and the highlight of an encounter. If you're using items directly out of the official D&D works, there's likely some official art for it somewhere, and you can just grab that image and put the rules text next to it in order to have a card for that item. Like a lot of things on this list, it's a minimal amount of effort for something that's going to go a long way for future sessions. My advice for this kind of thing, though, is to always make sure you make a double, as your players can... Well, you've seen how they handle their character sheets. They have a tendency to lose things, so always make sure to have a copy, if not just so that you also are aware of what items your whole party is carrying. Giving your players a physical note can turn a simple bit of exposition into one of the most memorable aspects of your campaign. A ransom note, the king's edict, a wanted poster for the next big bad guy, or even one of your player characters. They can all make for really great props. However, they won't really have the same staying power if they're just printed on some regular white paper and nothing else. Aging paper isn't a huge trick, but I have learned that less is more. Pick fonts that are flavorful but readable, and don't wreck the paper to the point that it's illegible. Take your text, print it out, and crumple it up a little bit, just enough to give it a bit of texture. Then you simply soak it in some tea for a little bit, and I've seen some people use coffee, but I find coffee is a little bit too dark. You'll end up with a nicely aged parchment, perfect for your next vital clue. You can even go above and beyond by getting a wax seal in order to seal your letters or scrolls shut. 
and it's a lot simpler than you may think and cheaper than you may think. Around $4 online, usually. This is the kind of prop that's so iconic to the point where there are a slew of methods for doing it. The most common potion prop is for your standard healing potions. You just take an interesting glass bottle from a thrift shop or a specialty liquor and throw a few D4s in there to represent your healing potion. And you get to have the theatrics of having it open and pouring out your dice that represent your healing power. Particularly advanced versions will paint or coat a colored layer to mimic the actual healing liquids sitting in the bottle. My personal favorite potion prop is the mystery potion. Make a little note that outlines the effects of your potion and roll it up and put it in there like a message in a bottle. Once a player opens it up and drinks it, they can unscroll the message and learn the effects. I've given players mystery potions that have gone unused for an entire campaign, but when I've used a prop, their curiosity always seems to go up a little bit more. Just make sure that you bind the notes with some rubber bands so they don't go unfurling inside of the bottle. It can be extremely annoying trying to fish it out. A word of caution on potion props, don't expect your players to carry these around. A glass bottle can be burdensome in a lot of situations, and there's a risk of them breaking if they have to be shuffled around a lot. My advice is to only use potion props when you have a regular play session space in which you can leave the potions there. Something like this will also just add a ton of flair to your gaming room, or your... your set. Describing a puzzle can be a headache sometimes, especially when the answer is something visual or tactile. Bringing your puzzle into physical reality can make your adventuring obstacle into a legendary triumph. There is no right way to make a puzzle, but there are certainly lots of wrong ways, so I definitely recommend standing on the shoulders of giants and getting your inspiration elsewhere. I personally like to get a lot of ideas from the Legend of Zelda franchise as well as the Resident Evil franchise, as I think they both create a lot of really good environmental puzzles and also some codes and other things that I can just kind of translate into my own campaigns. A Cytale is a simple cipher in which you take a paper strip and write out gibberish letters that once wound around the right diameter cylinder will line up and spell out a hidden message. You've more than likely seen one of these things and just didn't know what they were called. Putting a Cytale together takes a bit of work but has the advantage of only requiring stuff that you probably already have around the house. I recommend making your paper strip first, wrapping it around your cylinder, such as a toilet paper tube or something like that, and writing out the message first then simply fill in the rest with a bunch of gibberish. Be especially careful if you try aging your Cytale. They're prone to snapping or tearing if you're not incredibly careful. This trick is a classic, and you can create all sorts of secret messages for your players to discover. There's two main ways to do this, each with their own merits, shall we say. The classic method is by far the easiest and requires the least amount of preparation. You may have learned this method from the movies. You simply take some lemon juice, the fresher the better, and write out your message using a cotton swab or a brush. It'll dry invisible, but turn brown or tan once brought close to a heat source like a light bulb. There's a lot of problems with this method as the invisible ink can still sort of be seen in a lot of circumstances, and the tan brown color it turns isn't really appealing. It works in a pinch, but there's another simple method that works better even if it's a bit more involved. The advanced method is to use commercial invisible ink and a blacklight. You can buy a bottle of blacklight reactive ink for around $10 to $15 online and a handheld blacklight for around another $10. They're usually cheaper than that too. And it really wouldn't be hard to find one for cheaper than that. For this investment, you get perfectly invisible ink that beautifully fluoresces when you shine the blacklight. It's an incredibly memorable trick when you flip on the lights and reveal your hidden message. 
I especially recommend this to DMs who find themselves running games for a lot of different game groups. It's always a fresh trick to pull on new parties. I briefly touched on something like this earlier, but I love clever puzzles that involve things like glyphs and stuff like that. But there are some situations where describing it is just plain inferior to showing. This is definitely one of the easier ones, as you can find a ton of arcane glyphs and symbols freely available online, and giving your players a physical image that shows the all-important magical rune or the symbol of the murderous thieves guild is much better than just describing it. Consider finding and printing out a symbol or a glyph if it's going to be an important aspect of your next adventure. It can bring the iconography to life. With digital art and stock photo websites being easier to access than ever, you shouldn't have a hard time finding resources for this. Or, if you want to go that extra mile, you can throw a few dollars at that friend of yours that's really good with Photoshop. And then finally, I want to close on some just cheap in-game items that you can get that relate to your campaign. A prop that always goes over well in my campaigns is when I get a prop that represents an artifact, a special tool, or a trinket that's in the game. Specifically ones that the players, or indeed the story, intend to keep as mainstays for each session. For instance, in one campaign of mine, my players came across an ancient gem that could, after certain rituals were met, freeze time for a matter of seconds. Knowing my players would be investigating the origins of this gem, as well as using it for its intended purpose from time to time, it seemed only right to provide them with a prop that they could actually use when summoning its powers or showing it off to NPCs. I've also done this for things like king's crowns, royal jewelry, locked chests, and even a spyglass from a sailing campaign that I ran. The type of session begging for these small props are things like mystery stories, where you can make props that double as important clues for the players to collect and study. For those of you out there that like running Call of Cthulhu, this tip could probably double apply to you and your sessions. Even things like paper cutouts of barrels, treasure, and other resources can make a reward feel that much more material. A lot of these items can be made with 20 minutes of free time and some extra art supplies, and others can be picked up online or at a party store for a few bucks. If you're clever about using things that you already own, you won't even have to go that far. Would I ever say that you need props to make your sessions great or memorable? Absolutely not. Though I love finding ways to implement them in my campaign, and will find almost any excuse to do so, I have also run plenty of great sessions without them. Sometimes there's no time, sometimes the session doesn't call for it, and sometimes you just plain don't have the space to facilitate a grid board, much less props. If and when you can, though, I think you'll find that the extra work you put in was well worth it. I've never had a player be upset that I was able to provide them with a physical map or a Lego treasure chest for their hard work, as opposed to just describing it. Which reminds me, don't be afraid to have some fun with it. If there's a player in your group who has a character that fancies themselves as royalty, for instance, making that player wear a crown each game can add some much-needed levity to the situation, as can an arrest warrant with their name on it. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you have some prop making tips that you would love to leave down in the comments, please, I read all of them. I would absolutely love to hear about that, especially as someone that, as you can see, has a lot of props that he implements into his sessions. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.